What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And it's Roshane's choice. Yes, sir. He had the power. Fun fact, did not pick zombies this week. Surprise to everyone, I'm sure. Can you believe it? You didn't <laughs> pick zombies. You picked another creature. That is correct. I did pick a creature feature, kind of, sort of, but mm-hmm. uh, this one's a little unorthodox for me because it's a set of creatures that I honestly don't watch too many movies about, and that is aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we got a little out-of-this-world uh, invasion today in our movie that also we didn't talk about in our year review because mm-hmm. this is a movie that went strictly to streaming. Right. And we only talked about movies, or at least fully covered movies that had a theatrical release in the Rewind episode. So this is a movie that we knew about, yeah. but just haven't had a chance to really discuss. Although I will say also neither one of us had seen it. Mm-hmm. Yet I had heard a lot about it. Same, same. There was, was like interested. Yeah, there was a lot of buzz around it. So I, I mm-hmm. likewise was very interested in it, but just kind of missed the boat on actually watching it. Especially because mm-hmm. around that time of the year, you know, we watch a lot of stuff. So it was just hard to kind of fit that into the rotation. Um but outside of wanting to revisit it due to that hype, but uh similarly, because our star of this film, Caitlin Dever, is a little bit there's a little bit of news going around about her her right now since we got the casting that she's going to be in The Last of Us Season 2 as Abby, which now that I've seen this movie, I am definitely on board for. Yeah, because um, you had, we had actually just discussed this, how you really enjoyed her in Booksmart, but mm-hmm. you hadn't really gotten to see her in a more dramatic role. And I had mentioned that I, although also enjoying her in Booksmart, think that she is a very talented, dramatic actress. And now the character that she's been playing, that she will be playing in The Last of Us 2, I have, I don't know what happens in The Last of Us 2. Mm. Just put that out, (laughs) point blank, period. I haven't played the game. I haven't seen anyone play the game. And so I don't know anything really about the character that she is going to be playing. But just knowing that series, I'm sure that it's a very heavy role yeah um and i have full confidence in her abilities to pull this off especially because she i know was a lot of people's main choice to play ellie Mm -hmm. if they Mm -hmm. could have decided um so i do think it's exciting that she is being brought in for another major role yeah yeah, I, I, I'd say so. Okay. Yeah, like seeing her in Booksmart, I loved her performance there. But yeah, as we talked about before, I didn't necessarily know about the dramatic side too, too much. Mm-hmm. And so this movie was a really nice jump or I guess leap into that world um, to see her in that sort of environment. 
along with like that survivalist instinct that we will be getting a lot of in this movie. True. Um, a lot of that is also similar in the last of us franchise. So like for me, it was just a nice trial run to like, see like, okay, will she really fit the bill for that character? Um, and I definitely think so. Um, because there's a lot to love about her performance in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a lot of this movie is just her too. This is one of those movies mm-hmm. where it's like it's heavily weighing on a single actor or actress, like carrying most of it, um, which is always like, you know, that's scary. Like you really got to have a lot of trust in someone to be mm-hmm. like, all right, you're going to be the beginning, middle, and end of this entire movie. You're it. Yeah, that's very true. It is heavily reliant on her shoulders and whether she pulled it off or not we will be getting into uh, deeper into this episode but first i guess we'll go ahead and start with our scare scale for no one will save you on a scale of five being the scariest movie this could have possibly been this is a full-blown alien invasion we're spooked that's a five one is Roger from American Dad. <laughs> what? <laughs> where does No One Will Save You fall? Um, I'm going to give this one. I think I'm going to say like a three, like a three out of five. Okay. Um, I Part of me wants to give it a little bit more, but I also don't want to like overhype it. But I think what this movie does very well as far as horror is concerned is tension. I think it takes a very simple premise and really knows how to play out sequences in a way that stress you out as you're watching the character navigate it. And although there's not a lot in terms of like, I think, big jump scares per se, I do think the overall tension of the movie is pretty scary. So Mm. I'm going to meet it in the middle and say three out of five. Okay. I think I'm going to go... I'm going to say a 2.5 out of 5. Okay. Because I do think that it's a little bit more action heavy than scary in many regards. But I will say I think you're right in the tension that they are able to build is very effective. There are some moments that are just very unnerving. And so I think that can feel very scary. I also think that if you are someone who is unsettled by aliens, then this movie is that in abundance. And so and a lot of the things that they do, that they're able to do is scary. So for me personally, I probably would have ranked it even lower, but I'm bumping it up because of those elements and i know in my head that i do think that for some people it'll probably be even higher so Mm -hmm. i'm kind of doing a happy medium of (laughs) 2.5 fair enough fair enough but all right homies we are entering into spoiler territory so you have been warned but today we are talking about no one will save you from 2023 this was a hulu original Directed and written by Brian Duffield and is starring Caitlin Dever as Bryn. Bryn is a young seamstress who lives alone in her home on the outskirts of town. Shunned by the locals due to her past, Bryn lives a very solitary life. That is, until one night when an extraterrestrial intruder breaks into her home. 
Insert bell tower beatdowns. Pissed off parents. And throaty things from outer space here. Our film concludes with Bryn doing her best to survive the sudden alien invasion. But with most of her town taken out and no help in sight, how will Bryn handle these beings from the beyond? Also, roll credits. I love the way the aliens sound. It's movie. so cool. Mm -hmm. I was really digging it. I thought that that was fun. The sound design is great. The sound design, like, across the board, I think is great, but I was really digging these aliens, not gonna lie. I kind of like that we went with the old school version of the aliens, but yeah. with, like, a couple new school twists. Mm -hmm. They're, like, um, the typical gray Yeah, they're like they're, they're, aliens. They're, they're the aliens that I think when you say picture an alien... 90% of people who aren't horror fans thinking of the Alien franchise will picture. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the alien I think a lot of people mm -hmm. would see. Yes. And they are very vocal. And many times throughout this film, I just thought, if I heard that coming up behind me, <laughs> lights out. Like, I'm collapsing. My legs are giving out. I'm done. It's a wrap. <laughs> I'm done. I'm just as I might as well just lay on the floor and start picking out my casket color because I just don't. <laughs> it's so they're so vocal in this film and something about that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's really scary when things just kind of pop up out of nowhere and are silent but deadly hunters as well. But I don't know something about being able to hear what's coming for you in full volume and like knowing <laughs> that it's just still behind you mm -hmm. really really makes my legs jiggle <laughs> <laughs> i would almost love to see just like a couple hours on their planet or in their ship just to get a different some variations on conversation because we do hear these aliens talk to each other in mm -hmm. a way but like i want to hear an alien argument you know what i'm saying like i want to hear some alien shit talk Mm. Let me let me go to the alien rap cipher. Like let me I let me just hear all about of them bust some I want to hear the rap battle. <laughs> I want to hear the beatboxing. Like, I want to hear all that. Let me g give me it all. Like I want I want to hear every little bit of it. The concert uh, <laughs> with the so, lights that would uh, be lovely. Uh, the tickets would be insane though. Insane prices. I mean, yeah, that's. That's running you at least 5000 Okay. That was very specific. Do, what, do you think that's too low? <laughs> For an extraterrestrial uh, concert? Yeah. I, well, I don't really know what the going rate for it is. So I can't say per se. That's true. How much was I mean, Beyonce? It's dependent on where you're sitting. <laughs> what those seats look? I don't know where the seats are. All right, but. well, homies, let us know. How much do you think an, an interstellar concert would cost? Yeah. Uh, but Erica, from you, I need to know, what's in your notebook? Okay, so my first note is, this is me trying to prepare myself for a customer service job. When, <laughs> when we first meet Bryn, she is practicing in the mirror, kind of practicing practicing her smile, mm -hmm. practicing her wave. 
And specifically when I worked in food service and I would work really early in the morning, I feel like this was me just trying to mentally prepare myself to be in front of people. Not only that, but to smile and have a pleasant demeanor when my muscles were still asleep. Oh yeah. It's the worst. It's so difficult. <laughs> it's it's giving very much that of her trying to mm-hmm. prepare herself for interactions out and about, which at this point in time we don't know why. Right. That's happening, why she's doing that. It's definitely much deeper than that. But at first it was just giving me those vibes of, oh, I have to go out and be a member of society and be nice to people and smile on their face and ring them up when I should still be asleep. I should still be in bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the record, no one should demand good co- customer service before like 10 a.m., but that's a whole different right. topic. I think you just have to, like, you have to kind of minimize your expectations. <laughs> I don't think any should, thing should count before. I'll give them even 9 a.m. Because there are some morning people. True, true, true. I'm not one of them. But there are people <laughs> they like exist. that. They're around there somewhere. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have a little bit of a start here. Just kind of getting introduced to Bryn as a character. Um, she's obviously prepping for some social interaction. But mm-hmm. we can also, at this point, assume that she is living alone in this place. Which I did take a note of. Of Imagine in 2024. Owning this much land all to yourself must be nice. Right. This has got to be, this has got to be, I don't know. Where's the land cheap? This has got to <laughs> be in Indiana. Some, or some middle America. Iowa like, or something. Something. And like granted the actual, the time period of this is like early 2000s, I think. Or No, it's present no, it's actually day. No, it's present. It's present yeah. after everything. It, you're right. It's present. Um. So it's like, I can't even imagine what the going rate for someplace like this is. But the the important thing to note here is it's a big house. Like she is, Mm -hmm. she has a ginormous house that she is seemingly living alone in. Um, So like we get this idea that Brynn is a very isolated character. But as Erica mentioned before, at this point in the story, we don't know why. Um, But we quickly start to find out about it through her interactions or I guess lack thereof Mm -hmm. with the people in the town. Um, because we do see her, you know, leave her house and go into the main town. But we definitely get the impression that nobody in this town fucks with Bryn. Like, nobody mm-hmm. seems to like her. Um, but still, not entirely sure why yet. Right. Because it's not even that people don't seem to like her. It's people are almost... I mean, I guess we see, we see some variations of it. We see it first with her neighbor, if we'll call it. She has all of this land around her house. Yeah, she basically so, like lives in the forest. Right, which at number 47 on my list of why I have no interest in living off in isolation. Because, <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's like this alien attacks, but also, well, perhaps not. But mainly alien attacks, I if they're looking for places to circle those crops, then <laughs> I imagine they would find some place, a house with a lot of land. So I don't want that to be me. But I don't know. Maybe it would have been beneficial in a different situation. But she has a neighbor that's down the road from her. Yeah. And he looks at her with 
absolute disdain. But then you have some people later on where it seems like they're almost kind of afraid of her because she goes to the cemetery and she passed by a group of people and they completely stop talking and are very... It's like they keep looking over at her. It's like they don't even want to speak around her. And it just feels very strange because Brynn is yeah. a young girl. Mm-hmm. She is probably in her like 20s, yeah, somewhere like around there. Early 20s, probably. And it just doesn't seem like she would be the sort of person who everyone in this town would already make up their minds about in such a negative way. And then we also see that there is two people, uh, an older couple that she seems very afraid of interacting or even being seen by. And so you're getting these little sprinkles throughout the beginning of this movie that there's definitely something that has taken place that Mm -hmm. has made Bryn a pariah in this town. But at the same time, this house that she's living in was the house that she grew up in and it was the house that she lived with her mother in and her mother died and so you can assume that this house was probably paid off by her mom it was probably their house now and it's kind of where she is comfortable and what she is familiar with so you very also early on understand that that is probably the thing that is keeping her to this town is that it's all she has really ever known that is all of her ties are within this house. Yeah. And so along with that back information, we get the information about her mom. We also start trickling some of the information about Maude, who is her best friend, who we find out later on has passed away and is kind of a, a big source of a lot of this animosity or just weirdness that's happening between um, Brynn and the, and the town. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie, I think, does a good job of kind of setting all of this stuff up in the beginning. Um, a, a lot with no dialogue, by the way. Like, there is not very much dialogue in this film mm-hmm. at all. Like, right. maybe a few lines at most. Um, so it's a lot of just watching Bryn kind of navigate her current situation. And so we get the town stuff, but we also get a little bit of Bryn at home, which we see that not only is she into... Um, sewing but she also has picked up a hobby of like building a model towns and whatnot she seems to have a whole model version of her town presumably um Mm -hmm. that she's working on so like she's got certain hobbies that she uses to kind of pass the time um and also despite the fact that this film is set in the present a lot of her living environment seems a little bit like a period piece. Like, yeah. Like, like her, 50s, her, mm-hmm. 60s kind of. Yeah. She she strikes as one of those one of those people that really was into some of those older eras and kind of like makes that their whole personality. I, I get that energy from Bryn. Yeah. Uh, so I it's do like, too. Yeah. So she's like, you know, she's building the model town. She's wearing the clothes. She's practicing the dances. Mm-hmm um at home like she seems to feel very comfortable at home and in this era so it's like these are kind of components that will come back around later on mm-hmm. um but we get all this information about Bryn um and then very quickly we are thrust into the situation where she goes to sleep and then in the middle of the night she hears some rustling in her house which 
in a house that large is absolutely terrifying. Like one of my worst fears about living in like a large place um, is just that idea of like you being alone and then something happening and then you mm-hmm. having to comb that entire area to figure out what's going on. Um, we get that situation where Bryn goes out of her room and sees that her front door is open. Um, but it very quickly realizes that it's not just some break and entering situation, not some robber. There is some weird shit down in her living room, which ultimately turns out to be an alien. Yeah. I mean, well, so going back a little bit, yeah, it's, she, I don't know, maybe even like the 40s, it's like from the time period of like the 40s to the 60s, seems like that's the way she dresses. She kind of doesn't have a lot of updated technology. She doesn't have a cell phone. She has a landline. Mm-hmm. She has even, a record player. Even her car is like an older make and mm-hmm. model car. She has an older car. She also listens to music from that era. It seems like she really idolizes this time, which honestly, even in the flashbacks later, because I, I wondered if that was something that she did later in life but even in the flashbacks it seems like maybe her mom was also interested in similar things and that has just bled over into Bryn but I also kind of wonder if maybe she feels that that was like a simpler time or even a time that she just wishes that like could be embodied even in society I feel like maybe there was this idea that like when you put um rose tinted glasses on for mm-hmm. maybe some of past experiences in life that you could think oh well that was maybe a time when like people real neighbors were really like friends like everybody knew each other and like small town usa was like kind of really hyped up as the caring place where everyone's your friend and yeah, everyone's that- there for each other and everybody supports each other and that is so completely different than yeah, the the, the American has. dream that we think about, that we see in yeah. TV and whatnot, yeah. And she definitely, I think, finds some solace in that and really kind of escapes into that, at least within her house. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm a little bit of a tiny village girl myself. I <laughs> bring... Burns like me for real when it comes to that. I love a tiny village. Mm, okay. I love a... Now, hers, you're right, was like a little model town, but I love a Christmas village. Mm-hmm. I used to have a full-on Christmas village. Ooh. I had a coffee shop in that bitch. I had oh, the bakery, shit? the schoolhouse, the bread and breakfast. <laughs> I had ice rink, gazebo. I had that place decked out. Uh, tell me, how much of that do you think was influenced by how much you loved The Sims growing up? I mean. <laughs> or maybe vice versa. Maybe it's the other way I around. Mean, maybe a little bit. I would go and play with my people like they were really living in this town. <laughs> I would go and move them around. Maybe it was. Maybe it was more connected than I even realized. And I really felt like I was blessing them. The overlord I was when I bought them a new thing. I said, I bet you never thought you'd get a bakery up in this town. <laughs> Look Surprise. at you now. <laughs> yeah. Now you can get pastry. <laughs> oh, I don't my know. God. I, maybe. They probably are interconnected. But I could relate to Bryn on that, on that part where um, tiny towns are fun. They, they, they they're are. They're very like, cute. I, 
I never really had them growing up. I had some family members that like dabbled in that hobby. So I'd like yeah. see them, especially around like Christmas time, of course. Um, but it wasn't something that was like regular in my house. But I appreciate them for what they are. Um, yeah. Also, a lot of them are a ton of work, too. Like, especially if people are like mm-hmm. building all They're of these miniatures and everything. Too. It's a uh, it's a spendy hobby because mm, you bet. can buy them even if you buy them already pre-made even those are expensive but i can't imagine making them which it doesn't it seems like bryn buys them buys and then just them. kind of assembles yeah. they're like basically made yeah also um, she has a mailman that looks exactly like matthew mcconaughey <laughs> <laughs> who fucking dunks her package dunks her package very you know what that brought me back to the present because that is how i imagine all of my packages get handled <laughs> before they reach my doorstep <laughs> Which is just another thing where you can tell that the people in this town do not respect her at all because it is a package that is meant to be fragile. It's her schoolhouse. I think it's a school that she gets that the bell breaks off, the top po- breaks off of. Possibly. I'd have to go back and, and check. Yeah, but, but it's it actually ends up becoming much more important than you would think. It's one of her little models that she puts like front and center in her thing and it has this like tall tower with a bell attached to it Mm -hmm. and it actually becomes (laughs) very (laughs) important um to what she ends up doing later but yeah i mean what what is our openings like 10 minutes maybe tops of meeting bryn and just kind of getting to know her and know people's feelings about her and then the next chunk of this movie is our first alien encounter and so now we are in basically a home invasion sequence but with an alien with an alien (laughs) and me personally i love that they kept it just that and just explored all the different caveats of that where Mm -hmm. like i think there there are different ways that you can approach that but it really felt like they grounded a lot of this whole sequence in just that base idea of like, okay, an alien breaks into your home in the middle of the night. What do you do? Right. Roll what do with you, it, you know? <laughs> What do you do? What do you do, Roshan? Uh basically the same things that she that Bryn was doing. Um mm-hmm. Plus getting the absolute fuck out of there. <laughs> Granted, I say that, but then I remember how big that house is. And I'm like, that much real estate in 2024? I might have to that. fight for that one, quite frankly. That. Mm-hmm. Especially if it is, like I said, completely paid off. If they own that house. Yeah, you might have to rip my cold dead body out of there via tractor beam. <laughs> I mean... We might have to just make this work. Uh, she at one point she does hide under the bed. I think that's where I would just, I'd have to park it there. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, she admirably tries to get out and call for help. But I think I would stay under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. But I that's one thing I did like about Bryn too is like Bryn was in my opinion a smart protagonist where mm-hmm. the choices that she was making in her situations made sense. Um, and they weren't like grading in any way. It was just like, okay, I see why you're doing this and whether or not it works out is going to be dependent on how the situation plays out. Mm -hmm. But me as a audience member, I'm not upset 
with the choices that you are making. Like, I feel like sometimes hiding under the bed can get annoying, but it's like when it happens in the film and like when she decides to do it, it's the best possible choice that she could have made. Um, And so it's for me pretty captivating to watch her just try and figure this situation out because like it's one thing to have somebody break into your house in the middle of the night like that's scary and terrifying enough as it is but to then add on this extra layer of like oh aliens are real and one of them is Mm. in my house right now like i cannot imagine the mental gymnastics you are doing in that sort of situation but she for the most part i think has a pretty cool head and is moving in a way that she is very much trying to survive the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very proactive. She is very clearly scared of the situation, but she is never so scared that it completely freezes her. And I do think that she is a very... There is something about Bryn and the characterization of her, which could just be because of Caitlin like, Dever's frame. But... I also just think in the way that she is, is that something about her does feel very meek and shy. And I think that a lot of that is just as a result of how she is treated in the in town. And so, sure. yeah, it's like something about her does feel like she could almost fall into that type of a character where she doesn't know what to do. And so as a result, she just kind of freezes or makes very dumb decisions. But I like the fact that she can be both. Mm -hmm. She's a very layered character, despite the fact that we don't get to see too much of her outside of the situation at hand. Because the majority of the time we know Bryn is when she is alien battle Bryn. We don't get a ton of her in the world, but I do like that there's a lot to her. And she is... So like she's both things at once. It's like, yeah, she is a little bit more timid, but she's also very brave and she is a little bit more meek, but she's also very strong. And Mm -hmm. even in the situation dealing with the town in the kind of way that people treat her, she's frustrated by it. You can tell, but there's also a part of her that kind of accepts it in the way of she's it feels like she understands why people are treating her the way that they are. Yeah. She's not mad at them for that. She's mm-hmm. mad that she is alone, but she's not mad that people are treating her the way that she is being treated. And we come to realize why it's because she feels a lot of guilt yeah. for what she's done and she thinks she deserves it. But yeah, I mean, from this beginning, cause even when she gets up out of bed and she goes to track the trash cans, I thought, couldn't have been me not on this planet not on another one i would have looked down at that trash can falling and i wouldn't have thought twice about it that is very much a morning problem (laughs) in my opinion yeah absolutely but yeah this this first alien sequence i i had a lot of fun with i thought that was great Mm um uh outside of just again enjoying the simplistic alien design I liked the visualization of a lot of the abilities of the aliens. Yeah. Um, I love the telekinesis and how we mess with that. I love all the electromagnetic stuff that gets played around with. That's a big kind of like motif, I think, in alien stuff is like how they affect technology and all of that. And I think for scares was played very well in this where Mm -hmm. like they used it properly to up the tension. Um, But then even in the sequence where... 
he's scooping her up with his mind powers. I thought that was played very cool as well. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the effects in this movie worked for me in a good way. Um, and so seeing her get like mini drag for a second and be like, what what the fuck is going on? And then right. get the full drag and then around the corner, you just see alien doing his magic hand signs to lift her off the ground and all that stuff. Like all of that was dope. And then it culminates in a very swiftly shot execution of that alien where she uses the broken, the now broken off bell tower mm-hmm. to impale the alien in the head, which, you know what? I know this one's probably not going to make it to court, but if I was her defendant, I'd say self-defense. It's ringing self-defense to me as well. <laughs> I would, I'd give it to her. I dismiss the case. Yeah. If we're taking it to alien court, I just feel like there's something there to work with. Something about the state of the house. Her whole village gets destroyed. R.I.P. Yeah. to those people. R.I.P. That is a tragedy. Not a single one of them survived that. It, there's no way. 76 dead. Maybe one injured. <laughs> there's no way <laughs> anybody survived that. But yeah, her house honestly does get like <laughs> absolutely mollywopped in this fight. Because yeah, you're right. The This alien has a lot of um, different abilities that it uses against Bryn and... We also get to see quite a bit of this alien. That is one thing in this film is they don't hide Mm-mm. the way that these aliens look at all. It is straight in your face. Thankfully, they look good. I yeah. think, honestly, the CGI, the effects in this movie are well done. Um, I enjoy... So this is the first alien type that we'll see. So I'll only speak to um, him now. Uh, I don't even know. What can we call this alien? <laughs> what do you think? The, the John Doe alien? I don't know. The John Doe alien. We will call, we'll call this alien the catwalk alien. The catwalk. Because he is strutting. That, that's fair. That's he fair. takes Them little his time. twinkle toes. Literal He's twinkle toes. fingers for toes. Mm-hmm. And walks on point. On point. I, that was not. I just that was wild to me when it stood up <laughs> on his toes because they are li- it looks like they're fingers and so mm-hmm. each toe kind of walks <laughs> individually <laughs> but like also at the same time of its foot it um it is it's a cool design because I will say yes the rest of its body I think is kind of what you said it's like oh, that gray type of alien that is a classic look and the like smoothness it is very sleek very kind of skinny and then its head is a big bulb and it has these really big black eyes i don't know something about it's like kind of cute when she kills it i was like oh and not that i felt bad for it but i it just looking at its face it did look kind of cute yeah it it looked like it was in shock (laughs) like it it was like oh i can't believe this i'm 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 not okay. <laughs> I cannot believe this. I know it was for that split second before its brain probably exploded. <laughs> I know it was pissed. Like, how am I going to tell my friends? <laughs> how am I going to explain this to them? I love to think that like later on when the like tractor beam comes back for the dead alien, mm. I like to believe that they were just like, hey, where's Terry? Like, he's yeah. not reported back in yet. Let's go check up on him. Beams him up. And they're like, 
they killed Terry. And just goes back down the fight. I know. Whoever's in charge of that beam probably said, Rodney, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you said you could handle this. We sent you in first for a reason. And look at you. Look covered, at you covered by a, a rug <laughs> with a bell sticking out of your head. Oh, I'm embarrassed. Oh, my God. embarrassed. <laughs> but there's something about them being physically vulnerable like that that I also do enjoy. I like the idea yeah. that despite them having these clear advances over us being extraterrestrials, they're still mortal in that mm -hmm. way where it's like, yeah, having something lodged deep into your brain socket will take you out. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that, like, that level of anatomy is still kept, I, I suppose. Um, but, like, I agree that the design of them is, it's nice because although they they fit the mold, the alien mold, there are definitely, like, distinct characteristics between the several different variations mm -hmm. on these aliens that we get that still make them differ and still make them feel different from each other, which For I sure. think was hard to do with them all looking exactly the same. Right. They have, they're all very clearly from the same species, but it's, it's like they all have different specialties mm -hmm. or things that they're used for because it seems like the catwalk aliens are the main leaders yeah. if you will say um then you have da daddy long legs daddy long who legs feels very much is like a mix between do you think daddy long legs is what the little babies turn into maybe or do you think they're totally a separate i i mean i'm no expert in alien anatomy but yeah i could assume so maybe right because like a lot of the big variations at the with them do seem to be like the extremities like how many limbs they have how their mm. limbs operate like how many arms and whatnot they have seems to be like the biggest variant in them so the little one that we see has very distinctly like large arms, arms. that yes. I could see at some point turning into daddy long legs legs. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know how it works, but potentially I could see yeah. it is what I'm but trying to get at. They both feel like they're more so hunters yes. or the aggressive type because they don't have the power, the telekinesis powers that uh, catwalk does. Mm -hmm. Like they are all muscle, all fight, all attack. Yeah. And so they seem like they're sent in as the next step to yeah. take out a threat. I will say Daddy Long because is is taking me down. I think <laughs> yeah. I as I, I watch this us movie or get taken down by that. I thought to myself, I think I could handle even when we got to the little babies, I was like, I think I could do this i think i could handle this it would freak me out their long arms but i mm -hmm. think in the end i would be okay yeah once daddy stepped on the scene i thought no it's not worth it <laughs> just beam me up <laughs> it's not worth it at that point just take me <laughs> yeah i did love though that after killing that first alien that she just sat there for the entire yeah, rest of the night that post alien I, clarity mm-hmm <laughs> Like that, that move for me is, um, 
sometimes can be a little hokey, but I, I very much believe it in that circumstance right. for just being like, what, what the fuck? You know, like I, I, I don't know what to do right now. Right. Um, no, agreed. It's because it's, it's a what the fuck moment times two. Not only did something come into your house and break in there and try and hurt you, it was an alien and you mm-hmm. killed it. And now it's just laying in your <laughs> ear on your hall floor. What do you do? Like, what do you do now? Yeah, with where that? do you go from here? Yeah. And you're um. hurt because it flung <laughs> the shit out of her. And that door, like, definitely oh, concussed her yes i forgot that I, I put that in my notebook that the way that door slammed her in the head i felt mm-hmm. that they shot that and sound designed that so well because if you've ever had a door like truly hit you in the face before you resonated with that scene yeah and that's a heavy oak door that's craftsmanship because mm-hmm. this is an older house <laughs> and that is a heavy door you could just tell yeah, I, I there was an audible oof yeah. when that shit hit. I, I felt for her in that moment. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, she survives that first encounter. Um, she tries to go get help. And, like, she's going into town. She gets to the police station where we find out that Maud is the daughter of the police chief. And the couple that we saw earlier was the police chief and his wife. And the wife very much dislikes Bryn for whatever happened to Mod right. because we get the spit that was seen around the world. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's giving bye pumpkin. <laughs> bye. <laughs> like that is exactly what the spit take that we get. That loogie had airtime. That shit was wild. Also, the con- the continuity of it was why it was crazy. It looks the same shot to shot. It's like the same shape. They killed it continuity wise because it actually, I just, ever since that happened on Flavor of Love, I never thought about spitting on a person before until that happened, until it literally changed the world. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what year that was, but, but we've never been the same as a society since true. that happened. So true. Um, but ever since that happened, I did think that that was crazy wildly disrespectful to just the most disrespectful thing you could possibly do but uh, this is kind of what i mean is it happens and bryn just takes it she is embarrassed but she's not mad at them she just kind of takes it and like is in shock by it but it also is one of those things where you realize because of who they are and because of apparently what Brain has done to them and done to Maud. Because at this point in time, we do know that something happened between her and Maud. Because she's been writing Maud letters mm-hmm. throughout this whole movie about how she'll never forgive herself. And she wishes that she could see her and all the things she's doing in her life, blah, blah, blah. But because of who they are and how that's all tied together, the police are probably not going to be very receptive to Brynn. Mm-hmm. Um, because they watch this happen and they really mind their business. Yeah. I've never do. seen such a, I, I didn't see nothing kind, <laughs> of a, kind of a thing happen as quickly as it does with those two other police officers. <laughs> Yo, imagine killing an alien just to get spat on like a couple yeah. hours later. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. The highs and lows. 
I just walk outside. You know what? Just take me. I can't do this. I can't do it anymore. That's what I'm saying. At that point, I almost would be would think maybe it's better. (laughs) (laughs) But Bryn does make a decision that okay, now I'm ready to leave this town. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's fine. Let's go. Let's get out of here. But also before she does that, which I do also think is not a bad idea, we do also get some inklings that this has gone much farther than just a one-off incident with Bryn because we see the mail truck has been completely flipped over. Her neighbor down the street, his house is is destroyed and there are crop circles in his yard. And so you start to get this idea that, oh, this is not an isolated incident. This is a takeover Mm -hmm. and it honestly is pretty i i do think that it makes sense that it kind of starts from the outside in so it starts on these houses and these people who live a little bit outside of the city who are a little bit more isolated it's probably easier to get to them quickly and easily without being detected Mm -hmm. and then as the aliens get more people and detection isn't really an issue anymore they move into the city so at this point in time everybody in the city is is living their lives they have no idea (laughs) Mm. it's a regular i don't know went thursday for them it's a regular hate brin day like nothing new Business as usual. Yeah, it's just a little bash Bryn day, as they do. (laughs) Um, They have no idea. And yeah, Bryn is aware that she's kind of in this on her own. So she decides to take the bus. And then we almost get like a little invasion of the body Mm snatchers-esque moments where the mailman is on the bus and he has already been taken over by an alien. He has a little... They have these little parasites that they put into your neck and you can see it kind of wriggling around in his neck which is actually something that i want to talk to you about because i thought about researching this and really diving into different people's um theories Mm -hmm. on this but i decided not to Instead, I figured we could talk about it and come up with our own theories and maybe see if we have an answer that we feel pretty solid on. Because there's two ways that this could go for me. Okay. And I'm not entirely sure which one it is or which one I like more. But do you think that these aliens are completely independent of and are thinking for themselves And this is just a part of what they do, that they just have these things inside of them that they have to pass on to be able to control people and that that was always their goal. They came here to do that, to conquer these people and maybe they conquer other species like that, but that that is what these aliens do. Mm -hmm. Or do you think that the parasite is controlling and these aliens were also just a vessel to be used until they could find another host. And so these aliens are almost just like exactly what's happening to the humans is what happened to these aliens. Mm. And the parasite is controlling them to be passed on to wherever else next they go. Nobody. I personally I lean towards the first one, but I like the direction of the second one because I do mm-hmm. think that that would be an, a, a different and interesting take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not fully grounded on how I feel about the connection with the throat parasites and the actual aliens, 
um, whether or not those are interconnected or whether or not they're just two independent kind of beings living in like symbiosis or something like that. Right. Um, my take on it was, and this leans a little bit into the ending of the film too. Um, my take on it is like these parasite things are the aliens way of experiencing other creatures. So mm. like they use these things to take hold of these creatures, but in doing so it gives them a way to live life or like literally walk a mile in these human shoes where they get to feel and experience being a human via mm. these creatures um, or just using those creatures to control the humans to then analyze them and like get more information on them because it seems like outside of taking over your body this creature does get access to your mind once it's in your body because it can access your memories mm -hmm. it changes your just like your mental state where like it causes hallucinations delusions yeah. and all that stuff so there has to be some sort of connection to the brain i think yeah um but you do lose like all of your motor functions and seem to be in full control by the aliens. Right. Which I also did think was a really cool take of it in the sense of these people are not lost when this happens to them. Rather, they're trapped in their own minds with yeah, very no, matrix, honestly, yeah, with without being aware that what is happening is happening. And so it's this feeling of the aliens kind of put you into your perfect world within your mind to keep you kind of distracted forever. Mm -hmm. And then they're able to control your body. So it's not like you get taken over and you're just, I mean, unless you get killed or something happens to you while it's happening, it's not like you're just dead and gone. No, it's you're living in some you're sort of different. In there. Yeah. You're just no longer, you have no agency over your body. And honestly, you have no idea that any of this has happened, you wake up and you you probably, honestly, they treat it like you wake up and you think it's a dream. Realistically, it's probably that people wake up and although maybe they know something's wrong, they hope it was just a dream and mm -hmm. then continue on with their lives inside of, <laughs> stuck inside of their <laughs> mind. And that is quite scary, I think, to be just trapped. I don't know, it's... It's it's interesting that the aliens give them kind of a nice yeah, escape. That, that's the so that's the strange thing. And like I we might be deep enough into this to have this conversation now too, is there does seem to be some layer of compassion from mm -hmm. the aliens because like although this is absolutely a takeover. It feels somewhat less malicious than I feel like other alien takeovers that I've seen in media where it's like it really feels like they're coming to study us. Yeah. And like even with our first uh, with our first alien instance with Bren, like before he gets killed or it gets killed, I don't know if they got genders, but before he gets <laughs> killed, like there is a certain layer of like it didn't feel like it was malicious. Like it felt right. like it was grabbing her and of course, like trying to like get control of her, but there didn't seem to be like malicious intent necessarily mm -hmm. behind it. Um, and then even with our later variants, um, the ones that had malicious intent 
were very obvious. Like the Hunter ones, what they were coming for a reason. They were there to get to get Bryn by whatever means necessary. But like the other um, catwalk alien that comes through is a lot more just curious. Yeah, he's going all up and through her shit. Yeah, he's he's just like like he's taking in everything that she's got. Um, I really love that they seem to have a specific kind of communication that they Mm. try and do between like them and the humans where it's like there seems to what I took was like a symbol of peace from the catwalk alien versus like a symbol of aggression from the long arm alien like. It seemed like there was different methods to what was going on here. It just mm-hmm. seemed like there was more yeah. happening behind the scenes. Because I, it does feel almost like they're not even... It seems like even coming in, I think that's why the catwalk aliens kind of get sent first. Because it almost feels like ideally for them, violence wouldn't be necessary because... You, they expect humans to just submit yeah and it doesn't feel like they want to hurt them and fuck them up and yeah, do all this they're stuff. not trying to kill people yeah. per se brin is just an outlier to that so they have to bring in more enforcements especially because brin kills one of them which i don't even think it's one of those situations where they're like you killed one of ours because i imagine it it does not seem like they care the Mm -hmm. fact of the matter is at the end of the day this is a conquering type of situation i'm sure they expected potentially casualties and they don't care in that sense of like my brother it doesn't feel like it's just like okay we gotta clean this up but even with bran it does feel like at a certain point in time once she rejects them is only when they're like okay well then you're just a loose end that we need to tie up if you're not going to accept what we're doing Mm -hmm. then we'll kill you because before then they never yeah they were very aggressive but we don't really get to see what if like they had gotten a hold of her like what what they would have exactly done outside of maybe what does happen to her um later on which also thrown out there another part i love about this movie if you can't tell i did enjoy this movie a lot i love all the tractor beam sequences Probably mm-hmm. my favorite tractor beam I've ever seen, like this <laughs> rendition of it, just because like the tractor beam felt like a character through mm-hmm. a lot of it. And I really did enjoy that, um, especially like seeing it operate through the house, seeing the differences and like how it affects Bryn versus how it affects the aliens. All that was really cool. Um, but then even despite all of her best efforts um, outside of the blanket on the door, Bryn, you're smart. I don't know why you thought that was going to work in any world. <laughs> Um, despite her best efforts, she does eventually get captured and the catwalk alien does introduce the parasite into, into her mm-hmm. body. And I feel like that's probably what the first alien would have just done. Had yeah. he not gotten stabbed in the head, he probably would have done something very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think Bryn being an outlier is a huge reason why a lot of this like latter half of the movie happens where it's like, her first off her killing one of their kind whether or not they cared they probably just took note of like okay everyone else in this town we managed to get but this one person mm-hmm. managed to evade one of our aliens that's kind of weird um, <laughs> that's suspicious that's suspicious and then i'm sure the catwalk one coming down to kind of like analyze that situation got interested a little bit more in Bryn mm-hmm. through seeing all the pictures and all the stuff that's going on um 
because they do seem to have an interest in human life. They're like, right. what, what What have humans been doing on this rock this whole what time? What y'all been like, up to? Yeah, because they didn't come there to completely obliterate no. Earth or destroy the planet. No, they just they came to see what's up um, mm-hmm. and subsequently, you know, run shit like yeah. those two things combined. Um, but, you know, Bryn gets captured and then she gets the parasite. And that's when we get introduced to, to the idea that these people are getting more peaceful, like, yeah, brain manipulations than like malicious ones. Um, she manages to fight hers off because of the fact that she knows that it's so yes. blatantly not real due to her, due to her trauma that right. she's able to kind of escape from it. But I'm sure that that too probably interested the aliens more than necessarily upset them because it's mm-hmm. like not only did she evade her initial captor, then she got rid of the parasite, which no one else has been able to do. Like, right. what is so different about this particular human? that's allowing her to do these things i think that like the intrigue around bryn at some point definitely shifted versus like the alien's fear of bryn Mm -hmm. right well and i feel like also though that's too like i said when it shifted from them thinking we're just gonna do what we did to her or did to everyone else to her to it them being okay we she's like too much of a threat she is not complying she is not gonna go quietly take her out mm-hmm. what is interesting though and i wonder if this is was part of their mistake with bryn is that so there's a bunch of like pictures strung up of Maud. she's strung up all the letters and that's what the alien sees he kind of sees that she has all these pictures that she's very very protective of of her and Maud. and so when she goes into her her little brain vacation. <laughs> um, they put Maud in there. And that I also think is probably part of the reason that Bryn knew that this was not right. Because Maud shouldn't be there. She's not alive anymore. She can't be there. Also, too, I think it's interesting the way that they shot this because I feel like it implies that they can't put a face to Maude because she never made it to her 20s. So, so she can't, mm. you don't know what she's going to look like. That's you don't fair. know if, if she had come in and she was a little kid, then that honestly probably would have been even less weird than what they tried to do. They tried to make it where it was like, Maude's here and you guys are still friends and everything's fine. But like Brain doesn't know what Maude would look would like at this point. Like, Cause yeah. she never made it past what are they like 12 12? yeah yeah she never made it past 12 so like Bryn's always going to see her as 12 years old and she cannot conceptualize that in her mind like she can she can try and imagine but but it's always going to feel off it's always going to be an like imaginary it's always going to be her perspective of it and i think and i wonder if that's why it also didn't work on her because like there is part of it where she I don't know, maybe there is some catharsis of her being able to apologize to a right. version of Maud and kind of like start to move past that. But I also but I do wonder if that is kind of what also clued her into the fact that there's no this isn't real because the aliens wouldn't have known until later on when they like fully tap into her brain. They don't know that Maud is dead. Yeah, so, or or what situation revolves 
around Maude. So So it might have just been something they saw and they thought, oh, okay, they're very close. We'll throw this girl in to her little her little fun time. She'll be fine. And then yeah, this is fine. And then yeah, (laughs) it's it's off because Maude is not alive anymore. And so therefore would not exist in Brent can't exist in Brent's perfect world because Mm Bryn just knows that that's not right. So yeah. I, I also wonder if that's one of the things that Bryn kind of like helps her very much realize like this ain't right. I gotta get out of here. Yeah. But again, kudos to Bryn because outside of even getting out of that situation, ripping a parasite out of her own throat, mm. like she, yeah, shit's brutal. Also, the parasites just they gross me out so much. The way they're wriggling around in your so in your neck. Wiggly. Ugh, I hate it. Um, Very I mean, upsetting. She does still manage to take out three separate aliens. She takes out the mm-hmm. first one, um, long arm. She takes down pretty effectively <laughs> with a petty uh, door slam on it too. <laughs> which I was like, God damn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then manages to take out one of the daddy long legs uh, via some fireworks. Well, not actual fireworks, but car explosion. You get it. <laughs> um, she she kills quite a few, and you know she has quite a journey during this invasion but at some point it does become too much despite all of her best efforts she does finally get captured and gets fully beamed up into one of the ufos um and did you like the sequence because i thought the effects on this shit was bonkers i was all about it i did i i thought it looked really cool i especially love the way that it looks inside of the ufo i think that outside of the ufo once again we've got a very kind of classic look of what you think of when you think of a ufo but i thought what was cool was that one part where it's like the ship gets kind of wobbly and then it like all breaks off of each oh, other into little pieces and there's like yeah. multiple ones and yeah so the the ufos are very interesting and it's it's exciting to finally get to get beamed up into one because we've seen that beam happen a lot but we don't know what it means like what's going on up there so i thought it was really cool i thought it looked really good and i was excited when it happened because i was wondering if she would actually go up into the ship or not and like make it in there yeah yeah but also too and also i think the inside of the ship with like all the lights Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. A concert in there, slap. <laughs> because it's like the perfect spotlight in the middle, and there's like all of these lights in a circular pattern around it. Oh, mm-hmm. amazing. But also, before that happens, something that also happens that I thought was kind of interesting is when the parasite kind of turns into a clone. Oh, yeah. Of, of Bryn. And that's what they send after Bryn to successfully kill her. And I think that the reason that they did that is because I think that was the only thing that they could think of to disarm her and kind of take her by surprise. Because I think at that point they knew if she saw an alien, it was on sight. Mm -hmm. Like she was going to box because she's been anytime she sees an alien, she's on the move. She's fighting back. But I think that the reason that they did that was because it was kind of a last ditch scenario of getting close to Bryn and killing her in a way where she kind of would not have been expecting it and would have been more vulnerable to it. I still, Um, I still like to believe 
that there's just like one intern alien up there who's just having the worst fucking day during this invasion. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know what to do. She killed killed Rodney. Yeah. I sent two more down. She killed the long legs. Like, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? <laughs> I already tweeted, LOL, we taken over Earth today, and now I'm a liar. <laughs> This I girl. I, I'm not qualified for this position. <laughs> You're not uh, even paying me for this. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. Yeah, that that part was interesting, and I don't know where I land on it per se mm-hmm. in terms of like what I think was going on there. Um, there's almost a part of me that thinks like they decided. Well, we still want this human because she's interesting, but she's not cooperating. So we'll just replace her with a replica was a potential option. But um, it's still a very freaky sequence to see one her get stabbed like she does take a pretty deep stab into the stomach, which I honestly thought she was dead. Um And we'll kind of bleed into one of my mini cons for this movie, although I liked it a lot. Um, But the imagery of her dying in her own arms is very cool. And I think slightly symbolic of this idea of like her letting go Mm -hmm. of her trauma and like who she was before this invasion and all that stuff. Forgiving herself. Yeah. Like I I could see I could see a lot of that being kind of involved in that situation as well. Um, But like in that like in that sequence, like after that and she gets beamed up and we find out what like really happened with with her and Maude mm-hmm. and this idea that when they were 12 big spoiler if you made it this far when they were 12 they got into a bit of a a bit of a fight um mod pushes Bryn and then Bryn responds by hitting her with a rock which we are led to believe is what ended up killing her mm-hmm. due to a blow to the head um the aliens kind of see this the same time that we do because they're kind of doing their own psychoanalysis yeah. of Brynn at this point, like going through her memories and all this stuff. And I find it very interesting that they see this and decide that something about that scenario led them to decide we're not going to take control of you. We're just going to send you back. Mm-hmm. I am very curious what you think change their minds about Brynn? Like, what about that information changed the situation for them? I feel like... I have to wonder if... seeing that and seeing Brynn and kind of all that she's dealt with and what she's been through and, like with the town and that her alienation of that and the way that she kind of feels about the situation. I wonder if they just kind of realized that if they just let her be, if she wouldn't be a problem anymore. And then if, if they, I don't know, I almost wondering if there's this idea of like, her being alienated in society and kind of being on the outskirts and outside of society that she would be, it would almost be more beneficial to just like let her be than Mm -hmm. to keep doing what they're doing. I also think that the whole time they were probably just like very intrigued by her. And I also wonder 
if there was something about her where they because i think at that like like i said i don't think they ever went there with the intention of like completely demolishing the place or like cutting everything down and stuff Mm -hmm. so what why what would be so bad about having bryn just be still be there especially if she was willing to just like play ball play along and and just be like what would be the problem with that because i think at the end of the day it's like their big i think the big concern would be yeah if she tried to like ruin everything for them but i wonder if there was something inside of them that maybe realized that if they were willing to play along with her Mm -hmm. she would be willing to play along with them maybe but oh go ahead well, no, I was just going to say maybe because, like, by the end of it, we do see that Bryn kinds of, she kind of ends up on the positive side of things. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, her life is better after the invasion, um, at least from an outside perspective and what, like, we see in her ending sequence. She seems a lot happier now, uh, and part of that could be, you know, she no longer... She's not holding on to all of that trauma. She now has a town full of people that love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're being controlled by aliens, but I'm sure it's a much big step up from being spit on every time you go to the police station. Yeah, she's for, basically living in her model town now. Yeah, she she's she's playing house in that model town, and that works for her. That's honestly like a step up for her, which is just such a strange ending um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just a strange ending because I'm not used to seeing that where it's like we do because I feel like in most alien invasion movies, the conclusion is either one side wins, either the aliens win or the humans win. I don't often see this middle ground where it's like, OK, I mean, aliens, yeah, we won, but like we also reached a little bit of a middle ground here where, you know, this person just gets to kind of live their dream life amongst all of these kind of walking dolls in such Mm -hmm. a way where it's like, it really does feel like she's just kind of a doll in a dollhouse. Right. Um, Which means she's also kind of insane now. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) It's, it's, I feel like it's one of those things where it's almost the, the mid, mid Samar feeling where like, is that it, it, good? Like, is it a happy ending question? No, mark? it's like realistically in the grand scheme of things, that's awful. <laughs> but for them, in the place that they're in in their life now, that's all they wanted. And so, <laughs> yes, they're getting what they want in that moment, and they're happy. But they're happy in a delusion. <laughs> so right. you have to you have to wonder if Bryn. Uh, will probably yeah she will probably live on and and continue this but now her whole life from this moment on is fake it's 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 completely made up and it's the aliens are playing playing with her not in a mean way not in a way of like they're bad but they're 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 literally playing playing with her yeah and it's it's why it's wild because it is a happy ending to a certain degree for Bryn in the case of it is kind of nice to see her happy after we've seen her tormented for this entire movie. 
but at the end of the day, <laughs> the whole world has been conquered yeah. and the humanity is gone. And that, so <laughs> that two step <laughs> can only keep you happy for so long, bro. Yeah. It's like, girl, you can cha-cha slide all you want, <laughs> but <laughs> something is not right here. <laughs> but it's like you're you're happy because she lived. She fought so hard mm-hmm. and she, she really did deserve it. Yeah, she earned the right to stay alive and like sentient. Um, but yeah, at what cost, you know? <laughs> right. I also do want to say too, I do think that it was really smart, kind of, um, a cool morality choice to have them be 12 when that happened, because mm-hmm. with what happened with Maud, it was an accident, but there was intent behind it. Right. But Bryn was a child. But I think by having her be 12, you reach that point in life where most people think, oh, well, they're old enough to know better. Mm-hmm. And so they're not young kids anymore where like, oh, well, they just hit, you know, that's what they do. Like, it's not, we're not at that point of time anymore. We're at that age where I think especially people start to look for signs of violence and see if that's going to be an an issue. Mm -hmm. And so I think by aging them up just enough, you can understand why people would probably look at that and think, oh, there's something wrong with Bryn. But then at the same time, she is still just a kid who does not completely understand the consequences of actions like that and probably and still can't regulate their emotions in the sense of I shouldn't do this just because she pushed me. I shouldn't retaliate in in this way. And so I feel like it's nice because it does kind of make it so it balances those scales where for a lot of people, I do think that that age would be the one where you would say, no, like, that's not okay. They're old enough to know better that she shouldn't have done that. But also, she made a mistake when she was a kid that she is now paying the price for for the rest of her life. Yeah. And so I feel like it it's like a nice way of making it not so clear cut and dry. Right. On like you being and you saying which way you would go. Because at the end of the day... Bryn is completely remorseful for yeah. what she did. And but she has still felt, did it. But she still did it. And so it's like, I think that that honestly was probably the perfect age mm-hmm. for like 12, 11. I think that that was a good choice for for them. Because I feel like if they were any younger than that, you would completely be like, well, like, she, okay. She yeah. was like a little, she was a child. But yeah, I, I thought that that was a, a good choice as well. I agree with that. I, I think that that was good framing on mm-hmm. that. Um, and yeah, overall, despite how kind of like strange and unnerving the ending is, I did like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to what I was saying previously, one of my few cons about this movie was that I do think, despite liking all of the elements in the third act, it did feel like that was the messiest part of the movie. I agree. Mm-hmm. Wordless, like it felt like a lot of things were trying to get tied up all at the same time. There were several instances where I thought, okay, this is the end of the movie, and it wasn't. We still had some more happening afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily know 
how we fix that because again a lot of the things that we got during that portion i like them as like individual set pieces but like there was something about how they melded together that did feel a little bit messy towards the end but the movie for me did stick the landing with just Mm -hmm. kind of this surrealist melancholy but also happy ending Mm -hmm. it did feel right by the time it was over I agree with you. If I have a con in that in this film, it's the same thing. I know we keep joking a lot about the intern alien who's up there just trying to think of ideas of how this <laughs> they can work this out. But it almost does feel like that in a way once we start to get into this end. I feel like once Bryn has the parasite, from mm-hmm. that moment on, it almost does feel like, and now we're going to try this. And now we're going to try this. She gets the parasite, parasite out. Now there's a doppelganger. She gets the doppelganger out. Now Daddy Long Legs is back. She gets transported up into the UFO. She gets put back. It just feels like a little bit stop and start. Yeah. In a way that it never felt for the rest of the movie. I feel like for the rest of the movie, the transition of everything was so fluid. But I do feel like once she goes back into the house after fighting the first Daddy Long Legs, and from then on, Things felt disjointed to me in a way that they hadn't before. And I think Mm -hmm. it is partly because I knew we were coming close to the end. And so I think maybe I was also anticipating the ending. I was anticipating finding out what had happened with Maude. But it does feel a little bit like we threw everything at the wall in the last 20 minutes and everything stuck. Yeah. Which, although I loved everything individually... It didn't flow for me in the same way that the rest of the movie did. I think perhaps, like, if anything, one less chase sequence or something like that, Mm -hmm. just to, like, tighten things up there. Um, But I agree with that start and stop notion. I think that really describes the feeling that I felt towards the end, where, Mm -hmm. again, was still enjoying the ride there. But, like, it was a distinct departure from just how fluid the rest of the movie was. So... Yeah, I think we could have cut the doppelganger scene. Personally, I don't think it added as much (laughs) to it as the other scenes. I think Mm -hmm. the other scenes, it would be hard to cut Mm -hmm. and still get the information we needed to get. Yeah, That one, to me, was added in just as another ability the aliens could do. And then also another thing for Bryn to forgive herself. But I don't... I think that she had all like she with what had else we have. Point, she yeah. forgives herself plenty. So I think if we could cut something, it would be that for me because I also think that that was ability, an ability that we did not need to see. Because mm-hmm. what would be the purpose of having a fake Bryn? Besides, the, like, so say she was successful and and she killed the real Bryn. So what is your purpose? Yeah. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Do you, y'all just like the way Bryn looks? You want her walking <laughs> around the town? I mean, I don't. That's the one thing that I still think I'm unsure of and didn't add anything to the movie for me. So I think it could be taken away. That's. I mean, that's very fair. But in their defense, on their Amazon list, on their receipt, they had a Bryn on there. They did. And they'd be damned if they were going to go all the way to Earth and not get them a Bryn, you know. That's true. He also <laughs> tweeted, "Can't wait to, can't wait to see this Bryn girl on the streets." Post, 
post takeover and he's like we have to have a Bryn. i need a Bryn now i already said it <laughs> um but yeah i think that covers all of the stuff that i had about this one mm-hmm. um did you have any last thoughts before you rate it um no that was about it i guess the only thing last thing i want to praise is yeah i just think that some of the shots in this movie were very well choreographed it was very cool Mm -hmm. considering some of these things we've seen or done before i i think that in this movie it was executed very well i like the scene where they're transporting the dead alien out and it like kind of goes behind that wall and brin's hiding Mm -hmm. or when it like that the catwalk alien like kneels down next to her and you just see its eyes like stuff like that i just like really stick in my mind Mm -hmm. in in this movie so yeah i just once again for such an effects heavy movie i i really wanted to give kudos to to that again and also runtime chef's kiss (laughs) love that an hour 33 yes please perfect perfect (laughs) no one will save you uh, what are we going to rate it out of? Oof. Okay. We can rate it out of crop circles, of course. Crop circles. We can rate it out of... Broken bell towers. Broken bell towers. Catwalk aliens. I mean, Catwalk we're not going to use that again. I don't think. That's very true. That's very true. Space concerts. Space concerts. <laughs> We could do it as space concerts. That's kind of fun. <laughs> okay. What a treat for me. Well, since it was my pick, do you want me to go first on this one? Sure. Okay. Why don't you? All right. Well, like I said, kind of already hinted, I did enjoy this movie a lot. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this a 4.3 out of 5 space concerts. Okay. Um, I thought that... One, as somebody who has only seen a very select handful of of alien films, I really enjoyed this one a lot. Like, it took some what could be considered generic at this point alien ideas and really, like, presented them in a creative way that was both engaging to watch but also had layers and depth to it. Um, Caitlin Dever just absolutely destroyed her role in this film. Mm -hmm. Like, her acting ability is nowhere even close to in question Mm -hmm. for me at this point like i i i see the talent there and like i think that she was a great pick for this um it really added a lot of depth to the character of bryn despite the fact that we got very little dialogue overall um the as we mentioned before the visuals for this i think are fantastic a lot of the effects fantastic um the sound design in a lot of places again fantastic there's just there there's so much to love about this one Mm -hmm. um and i think the very few cons that i have honestly are just in that little bit of chaos in the third act i think could have been somehow reworked um and also this kind of movie um, where it is like one solo character dealing with like an isolated incident by themselves. I know this kind of film isn't for everyone. For me, they really work. Um, and as long as the performance is strong, they work. But overall, I just thought it was a really good time. I was very pleasantly surprised by this one and am looking forward to watching it again. 
Um, so yeah, I'm actually, you know what? I'm uh, unorthodox, but I'm, I'm going to bump it up. I'm actually say a 4.5 out of okay. five space concerts. Let's go. Okay, I'm going to give this a 4.2 out of five space concerts. Nice. Yeah, this is a great movie. It was so much fun. I love the idea of this minimal dialogue, almost just kind of long action sequence type of film. I love the fact that we got right into it. And the majority of this movie is Bryn versus the aliens. We don't spend a lot of time dallying around and doing all these other additional things because we don't really need to. We get everything that we need to get about the circumstances and we go from there. And I think it was very successful in its storytelling because despite the fact that there was not anybody saying anything or doing anything, I knew exactly what was being portrayed whether it was by a note here or a grave there or a look here. I just thought that that was, that was really cool. The sound design is so amazing as well in this movie and really had me stressed out about the idea of these aliens and what they were capable of. I love the different types. I think visually this movie is so strong. And... For an alien film, I really enjoyed the take that we had on it. And I kind of like the idea that there's these question marks that we can kind of fill in for ourselves and that like any perspective really works. I think that that's cool with a movie like this, especially because I don't think we always need to be spelled out exactly the intentions of like being taken over. Why are they doing it? What's happening? I think... I don't think we need to know the answers to that all the time. So I thought it was cool in this one. But I mean, I'm kind of on the same page, page as you where I just don't think that the, the third act to me is unfortunately one of the weakest acts. I love the ending. I think the ending is fantastic. But yeah, it's like the last 20 minutes, I felt the time slog much more than I had in the rest of the the movie and mm. i i do wonder if there is a way to fix that and if there was maybe some repositioning pacing wise that we could have done to make it just flow a little bit better but overall still a really really fun time really loved it i highly re i will probably really recommend this film to other people and I think, yeah, all, all in all, I think it's just a really nice, easy watch. And I feel like even if you're not like a huge alien movie person, that this would still be appealing. So 4.2 uh, out of five space concerts. Nice. But that's it for No One Will Save You. Thank you, homie, so much for hanging out this day, today as we discuss the film. We would love to hear your thoughts on this movie. You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. We would also love to see you in our Discord. That's where all the homies hang out chit chat about horror and other things as well we post news in there trailers updates if you guys would like to come through and say what's up we would love to see you you can find the link for that in our social media bios and if you're listening to this on monday that means that we're streaming on twitch night which is where we hang out with the homies have some drinks have some laughs have some screams we would love to see you there as well the link for that is also in our social media bios and last but it will never be least if you are so inclined we'd very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review the more we get the better recommends our show to more listeners 
And we'd just like to hear what you homies are thinking of the show. So if you haven't left us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts yet, you can do so. And if you haven't left us a rating over on Spotify, simply click the stars underneath our name to do that. But that is it for us today, homies. That is it for Roshane's pick. And we will be seeing you, homies, next time with another spooky movie. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.